0: the buildings with their help, he set off at a jog up the track towards the main homestead. Hidden from the view of the outbuildings, as he came over a rise he saw the low silhouette of the single-story house, with the glow of light shining from a couple of windows. As he came within a few hundred metres, one of them flicked out. He sped up, pushing himself hard, his bad leg protesting. The track skirted a large terraced garden, and across the moonlit lawn he saw another figure racing, taking the broad stairs up to the back veranda in two athletic leaps. He caught a brief glimpse of the guy, illuminated by a light before he disappeared inside. Young, shoulder-length dark hair in a ponytail, grinning. But Steve was fifty metres behind, and by the time he reached the door, an engine was gunning out of the front of the house and the spin of tyres sprayed gravel against windows as a car swung around at speed. Steve bolted through the house to the open front door and caught a momentary glimpse of a woman driving as the car accelerated down the driveway, tail lights red in the darkness. He let out a string of swear words as he fumbled for his phone, hurriedly snapping two photos of the vehicle before it turned onto the road and disappeared. With luck they might be able to read the rego plates on the images. More likely, they'd simply show a blur of red against black. He had no phone reception, and the sat phone was with Tess, but he figured breaking radio silence at this point wouldn't jeopardise anything. Pretty pointless, though, to ask for any vehicles in the area to intercept a white or silver station wagon, probably four-wheel drive, which described almost every family car in rural areas especially when the chances of a patrol car being out on these roads tonight were next to zero. The Strathnan station was south of the flooded river, Tenterfield a long way east, and he'd bet whoever was driving that car was heading north, up over the border and into Queensland. Still, he put in the call, just in case. He returned to the house, the front door still open. How many rules had he broken tonight? The moment he'd seen Maddie, he should have stepped away from the case. Personal involvement. Lack of objectivity. He knew all the reasons. But still he'd fired at, possibly killed, the man who'd tempted his sister away. Professional standards would be all over him for that. Joshua was dead. Yet two people, at least two, had been at the main house and made their escape. The young man and the woman driving the car. Perhaps the woman he'd spoken to Friday night. She'd introduced herself only as Mary, blatantly denied knowledge of the two dead women, and later phoned a complaint of harassment to his superiors. She was in her forties, cool and confident, looking like a model in designer jeans and linen shirt despite the late hour. Not like the two dead women in their homemade white dresses. Steve kicked off his mud-caked boots, took his torch from his equipment vest, and walked back inside the house. He had no search warrant, and a procedural misstep could jeopardise a conviction. He'd already left muddy boot prints through the house chasing the suspect. He could probably justify that, but an intentional search? Nope. So he didn't plan to touch anything. He just wanted to check there was no one else here, and to see for himself what kind of place Joshua and his companions had set up. A door to the right off the main hallway stood ajar. A well-appointed office with all the signs of a hasty stripping of evidence. Teak filing cabinet drawers were open and empty. Power cords lay near empty spaces on the large polished desk, as if a computer and maybe a hard drive had been taken. A wireless modem blinked on a bookshelf above a printer. The rapid on-off-on of the light suggested data was being transmitted somewhere but he could see no other computers in this room. Simon had mentioned a surveillance system in the cottages down near the woolshed, which could still be transmitting. A door on the far wall, opposite where he'd entered, opened into a large sitting room, while the office was teak and muted colours. This room was cream leather and vibrant silks, with outsized sofas, low tables and large scatter cushions on the carpeted floor. A huge television screen hung on one wall, with high-quality speakers nearby. A bar in one corner was stocked with top-shelf spirits. Nothing simple about this space. He went on through other rooms in the north wing of the house. Another smaller sitting room, a home